Hey, how's it going, everyone? So today's show is going to focus on strategy. I don't know where you are in terms of your business cycle, whether you're already in the execution phase or you're planning what your next step is going to be. But if you're anything like me, you probably take the approach of thinking chess moves. You know, once this happens, then this will happen. Once that happens, then this will happen. What if I told you there was another way to think about business and strategy? Stay tuned to find out what I'm talking about. You're listening to Building Three Pillars, the podcast for the aspiring entrepreneur. Let's go. All right. How's it going, everyone? Again, my name is John Waters. I'm your host for the podcast of Building Three Pillars. All right. This is the show for aspiring entrepreneurs. All right. So as I mentioned a little earlier, today's show is going to really focus in on the idea of business strategy and not just business strategy from my perspective, but from the perspective of others. And actually, this whole show today is going to be about changing our perspectives and if not changing them, giving us extra tools to analyze them with. All right. So as always, I want to start this off with a quote. All right. This quote is going to come from. You may be able to guess my guy, Gary Vaynerchuk. All right. And we're talking about thinking in terms of poker versus chess being helpful to our business strategy. Right. And what it really comes down to is, are you willing to take the risk? All right. So this quote by Gary says, life shrinks and expands on the proportion of your willingness to take risks and try new things. Well, can't say it any better than that. All right. So. Where did this idea come from? How did I get on this kick about chess not being the end-all, be-all in terms of strategy? Well, let's see. A week or two ago, I was in my car. So one of the things I like to do when I drive, I'm either listening to music, which is about 60% of the time, or I'm listening to a podcast or book. Coincidentally, Spotify has this thing where you can actually go on there and find podcasts that are really pretty much audibles being played to you. What I mean by that is they have books that are in there that authors are reading to you. If not authors, you know, the same way Audible does it, Spotify has found a way to make that happen within their platform. All right. And so the book that I found while I was in there is this one called Thinking in Bets by Annie Dukes. So if you're like me, you have never heard of her before I just mentioned her name, right? But she may be onto something. All right. So her base premise is this decisions are not like chess they are like poker so to give everyone a little background about this particular author she is a poker champion she has you know won several high state games she's well known in that community once she got done with that platform she went on to business strategy and being a consultant for others I went to go see how well her business sales are, or not business, how well her book sales are. And apparently people love this book. And so it made me even more eager to dive into it and see what bits and pieces I could pull from it to put into practice and, you know, building three pillars. All right. So I'm actually going to go ahead and read a little bit verbatim from my notes on this one. All right. So she says in chess, it's about strategy. There's not much luck. Everything is there in the open and nothing randomly appears or disappears. In poker, you don't have all the facts. You don't know what the other person has or what the next cards might be. What you have are probabilities and possibilities. 
I don't know about you, but that sounds a lot more um, business, businessy. Can I say that? <laughs> that sounds like it's a lot more related to business than chess is, right? Um, especially if you're doing something from scratch. So the reason this idea probably stayed with me so, so much, so hardcore is that I'm actually talking with the team right now and trying to strategize for the upcoming year. Yes, we're a little late for that, right? We should have done that a month or two ago, but life, right? Um, this is actually the first time that we've taken the opportunity to come together and actually plan what our next steps are going to be together versus it just being me. So I'm actually pretty excited about that, but staying on track. Yeah. Um, just trying to figure out what's the best move. That's what I always think. And if you think best move, you're probably thinking chess. This book is really helpful because it takes a different perspective it focuses in on probabilities and things like that all right so i don't want to water it down too much i kind of want to get right into it as far as what it's talking about all right so one of the major things i took away from this book i have three major takeaways not to say that there aren't more there are definitely more i highly encourage you guys to go out and get it yourself but my first thing that i took away from this is that decisions are probabilities we don't know all the information all right and then taking it straight out of the book she go on to say that we can make good decisions and have bad outcomes. We can make bad decisions and still have good outcomes. And that's why we need to stop judging decisions based on the result, but the process we took to make that decision. So in the book, she brings up a very famous football game. I don't know how many of you seen this game. I can't even remember exactly who the opponent was, but I remember the main focus of this argument. So we're talking about the infamous Seahawks game. All right. Most of you are going to remember this and probably cringe the more I talk about it. But it's when uh, who was that? Bill Purcell, I want to say it's the coach for the Seahawks is when he decided to throw the ball instead of run the ball. They were on the goal line to get into the end zone, coming towards the closing of the Super Bowl. And most people I believe were thinking that the best idea would be to run it because at the time the Seahawks had Marshawn Lynch and he was a, an incredible just a very special talent when it came to the running back position. So most people were thinking, give him the ball. He'll get us in there. Well, that's not what coach did. Instead, he chose to throw the ball and it ended up not going their way. And he received a massive amount of ridicule for that decision. All right. And his reason for doing it was actually pretty sound. Most people don't want to hear it. Um, and I didn't really know this prior to reading the book. All right. But apparently, statistically speaking, no one had ever really messed up at that point in time. I, I shouldn't say they never really messed up, but he had a higher percentage chance of making it with a throw versus making it with a run. And that's what he was going based off of, along with a host of other factors, right? I don't know about you, but before this, I always imagined coaches playing chess with, chess with each other, not necessarily using probabilities and stats to that degree that I'm thinking and that I learned from this book, right? So, yeah, that was just crazy um, that things worked out that way for them. And now I'm taking all of that and applying it to what's happening now with Three Pillars. And maybe not only in Three Pillars, but in life in general, especially on my end, right? Um, things are happening. I'm faced with quite a few decisions. And just like anyone else, I can't do them all. Right. There's not enough time. There's not enough of me to go around and do it all, even with the team that 
is working with me to build three pillars. There's still not enough of us to do everything all at once, right? Limited resources. So maybe you can relate to that. I mean, we all have a billion great ideas, but the fact is we can only do really one great idea at a time, maybe a couple, but ideally one. You want to give all your focus to the one you believe is going to work out. Um, yeah, and it's just hard to really know how it's going to work out and what can happen if you do or don't do a thing. All right, so that's where the idea of really making a bet on a situation comes into play. All right, so before we get into bet, I kind of want to give a definition from Merriam-Webster, one of her definitions of what a bet is. All right, and so Merriam-Webster says, a bet is a choice made by consideration of probabilities. All right, so this is actually my second takeaway. All right, beliefs affect bets. So in the book, she goes on to say, we view everything around us based on our beliefs. Two people with opposite beliefs can view the same thing and see the complete opposite. Take a football game, the referee's call, and the opinion of two opposing fans, right? So coincidentally, I am a huge Bengals fan. I watched, I didn't see the whole game. I can't lie to you guys. I saw half of the game yesterday. It was the Bengals versus the Buccaneers. It was a really good game. The Buccaneers started off killing it. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you guys to the point where I didn't even want to watch the second half. Knowing that the Bengals are a second-half team, or they have a tendency to be when things don't go their way at the beginning, um, I was kind of like, you know what, I'd rather not watch, and maybe they'll come back and win just like uh, the Vikings did this past weekend. And when you know it, they actually did. They did come back and win. However, that's not the part I want to talk about. I want to talk about the idea that Jamar Chase said that, and not just him, there were other people who were advocating for the fact that Jamar Chase was being held more than the penalties, or I shouldn't say the penalties, the referees were calling, right? So they weren't calling all of the holding. Um, Funny enough, inside this book, she talks about a similar situation from a football game from a long time ago between Ivy League schools. And there was a study done on the people that actually went to the game. And the fans on different sides watched the same game, but took away different things. And I thought that was pretty unique. Not something that's foreign. I mean, we see it here in politics all the time. Um, but anyway, sticking to football, because that's less controversial. Uh, <laughs> we can all watch a football game, right? Or even a basketball game. But we can all watch a game and see our team doing really, really well. And I can almost guarantee that we see calls the officials don't. We think when, and maybe it's just me, but sometimes I watch a game and I see a defensive player grab on a on one of our running backs or our linemen. I'm like, oh, that should be a holding or that should be this. But me not being an official, maybe it wasn't long enough. Maybe it wasn't um, noticeable enough for it to actually count or apply, right? I mean, because how many times during the play does something actually happen and it's not called just because there's so much happening all at once? But being a fan, we want to see our team do well, so maybe we have a little bit of bias. And I can definitely say that I have a little bit of bias. I mean, in my mind, the Bengals should always win. There's no way they should lose, right? Every call should go their way. And whoever your team is, you probably feel the same. All right? But anyways, getting back on track. Ah, uh, where was I at? <laughs> Beliefs affecting bets. Yeah, so when we're looking to... Well, I shouldn't say we, but here in Three Pillars, when I'm considering how successful an idea will be, 
I think what I'm starting to notice after reading this book is that that is directly related to all the other things I've consumed, all the other things I've seen and what my core belief is. So, for instance, my core belief for three pillars is that our express service will be the thing to benefit our personal trainers the most. Right. Um, Yes, I understand that going online allows you to reach more people. But I still believe, again, using that word, I believe that being in person with someone is the best way to increase accountability, increase the probability of getting better results and build human connection, which could increase our attention. All right. So that's my belief. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's right, because I definitely have had clients that have worked with me in the past and things seemed well. We had great rapport. They were getting results, but life happened. They had to move. They were in a position where the money was no longer available to afford the luxury of having a personal trainer. I use that word because it is a luxury. At one point in time, I when I was younger, I would get offended, you know, but as I got older and more mature and experienced, I come to realize that this isn't for everyone. Not everyone is in a position to afford a personal trainer and that's okay. I mean, if everyone could afford me, I wouldn't be able to help them all anyways. Right. And not necessarily afford me. I shouldn't say it that way, but to afford the service, it will create more stress on myself seeing as I'm the main trainer right now. All right. Um, moving on past that one, I want to go ahead and get right into my last takeaway. All right. So it says bet to learn. All right. The author, she says that the way our lives turn out is because of the influence of skill and luck. Skill is the things we can't control. Luck is circumstances outside of our control. All right. And I went on to list a few scenarios that this is applied in. Um, Some are personal and some are just things that I've noticed. I already talked about football. But however, this time I want to talk about playing cards. Now, not necessarily playing uh, poker per se, but I am an avid spades player. If you don't know what spades is, eh, that's okay. <laughs> you could probably think of hearts or euchre, right? Any game where you get X amount of cards and it's pretty much up to you to play your hand the best you can. So recently on Facebook, I posted a comment asking people if they had heard of spades. And I was just trying to get a feel for things. I'm getting pretty competitive, and I know it's about time for my family to get together. And one of the things we always do is play cards, right? And I have a couple friends, especially from the Marine Corps. Almost everyone I met plays spades. But I was um, blown away by the amount of people that play spades. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't have been considering the area I live in. But it really caught me off guard to see how many people were into it, had played, would play, loved to play, play quite often, and things like that. But the reason I love cards in general and I say this to my mom all the time, is because it's the perfect analogy for life in my mind, all right? Because this really is up to you to play the cards you were dealt to the best of your ability without knowing anything else as far as what everyone else has. Now, yes, obviously, you know how many cards are in the deck. You understand that when you play a card, everyone has to respond by playing a card type similar to yours or better or less, depending on what it is they have. But there is a certain amount of uncertainty out there. Um... One of the things I like to tell people is that I'm good at spades and people hear this. And when they play with me, they probably think I'm always going to bet or they probably think I'm always going to bet or bid seven books. All right. So maybe I should give you guys a little bit of a breakdown of spades in case you're unfamiliar. So the way the game starts is you have four players. All right. The dealer deals out all of the cards to everyone going from their left and ending with themselves. Right. 
Um, you have to start the game by playing any card you want that's not a spade. That would be your lead suit. Once you do that, everyone has everyone else has to follow. If they can't follow, they have the opportunity to either cut you with a spade, so place a spade down, or throw off, throw a card that's not a spade, and let you take the book or your partner or whatever the case may be. All right, so when you're playing this, you have to look at your hand at the beginning and say, well, based on what I see, I believe I can turn this many tricks or I can turn this many books. Um, that's pretty much how the game goes. So a lot of the time when I play, especially at the beginning, for some reason, I seem to always get hands where I can get three, <laughs> two or three. And I remember I used to make my family laugh every time I would bet two or three. All right. But I was OK with that because I understood I had what I had, because on the flip side of that, you get penalized if you make too many books, depending on who you play with. Right. But my family is pretty strict. So you get penalized if you get over the amount of books you're supposed to get over a long enough time frame. And so I try to be very exact and get exactly what I say I'm going to get. Whew, a lot of words. <laughs> But that's why it's one of my favorite games, right? Because you get to control what you can control. And I want to say, and this is just me throwing a number out there, about 80% of the time, I am correct. All right, I am correct in what I believe I can get. And the reason I went ahead and used a percentage this time is because in the book, it talks about probabilities. And they talk about if you were to play, this is just an example, if you were to play cards and you had a 75% chance of losing, but a 25% chance of winning, Luck is going to play a large role in how often you hit that 25% chance of winning. And when you do, is that attributed to the fact that you played your hand well or that luck was on your side? And in business, that seems to be the main thing from what I'm seeing so far. No matter how well thought out a plan may be and how excited I may be about an idea and how good it may be logistically and how sound it may be, it still may be a flop. For instance, yesterday I put a post out on my Facebook story and I was really excited about it. I was like, oh, this is a great idea. I know New Year's is coming. I know that people are going to be thinking this. People are going to be thinking that. Again, this is just me taking in um, information from what I've seen in previous years, right? From what I've seen people post, from the amount of times I've seen people ask about working out and things like that. I thought it was a good time. It felt like a good time. Turns out the story was a dud. <laughs> I think it got minimal interaction. And that's not to say that it was a bad idea. I mean, there could be a hundred different reasons as to why people did not interact with that story and why it didn't do as well as I thought it would. Um, but again, the skill on my part was putting everything together, um, you know, realizing that there was a uh, there was a opening for an idea to be planted and then luck would have to do the rest. And not unfortunately, but luck in this particular instance said no <laughs> try again sir all right anyways i don't want to get too far off topic but that was just one instance where taking this approach has you know instantly proved that skill and luck play a big deal in all of this and um in the book she goes into greater detail i just don't have time to cover it and give it all of the respect it deserves all right but if i had to give you guys one more thing before i got out of here um, I just really want to spend time talking about the main thing I've learned so far from this book. And I'm not done reading it. What I did is I just went through, I've listened to about probably 60 to 70%. And then yesterday I went ahead and found a book summary to get some idea of what was going to come. And then I picked from what I've read versus what I saw coming. And 
figured out how it could apply and hopefully be something beneficial to you just as it's beneficial to me. All right. But what I've learned so far is that I can't be afraid to take risk and that if things go wrong or if I don't get the outcome that I was expecting, that doesn't mean that my decisions were bad. It could just mean that luck said no. And on the flip side of that, if things go right, it may not mean that my decisions were great. It could be that luck was just on my side. Um, the overall takeaway being that what I need to do is be able to reflect on my wins and my losses and see what things were skill versus what things were luck and improve those things that can be improved on my end and accept those things that can't. In the book, one thing she talks about that I didn't mention is that great poker players are very comfortable with uncertainty. All right, so I guess that'll be it. That's how I'm going to end this thing. Uh, get more comfortable knowing that you could take an L. Gary B takes talks about it all the time. He says he loves to lose. All right. <laughs> He's a firm believer that if he loses, he'll come back twice as strong the next time. All right. So that's all I want to have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope it wasn't too far out there. I hope I didn't skip around too much. I tried my best to stay on track. Let me know what you think. Let me know if any of this is something that you could put into practice in your current situation. And just in case you forgot the three tips that I talked about or the three major takeaways, one being decisions are probabilities. We don't know all the information. Two, beliefs affect bets. All right. And three, we have to bet to learn. All right. So that's all I'm going to have for you guys. I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great week. I hope you have great you know, Christmas, New Year's and all of that. I know I'll put out another show next week, but just in case for some reason you don't catch that one, have a great week, have all of that, a great ending to your year. And as always, keep pushing because your greatness awaits. Wait.